I think anytime you can get a group of people together and you can put them in a place where it's okay to be present and forget about what's happening in their outside world or open up and talk about what's happening in their outside world, it just creates a special bond that is hard to recreate in other places. Welcome to the Restoration Club podcast, a unique platform that combines faith and golf to share stories of individuals in the golf community. We're your hosts, Danny Christensen and Ryan Gramatico. This podcast delves deeper into the lives of our guests to bring a message of hope, inspiration, and faith. All right, episode two, here we are. Uh, really excited today. We've got Jordan Green joining us. He's going to tell his story. And uh, Danny, what a good guy, man, right? Like Jordan's just, just a, a good guy. And um, so good. his story is something that I think a lot of people are going to identify with. And they're going to have a chance to kind of see his walk and his journey and what we get to do. So we're excited to have him on, on the podcast today. Absolutely. No, I think there's even parts of his story that he spoke to that we really didn't get into too much. So I think I'm already just as excited for uh, him to come back on and, and extend the story. But I think you guys are going to appreciate this one. Well, as we said, we've got a very special guest on the Restoration Club podcast. We are joined by Jordan Green out of Nashville, Tennessee. I don't want to tell too much more about his story, but he is a, a Restoration Club um, OG almost from day one. So I'm sure he'll touch on that. But Jordan, thanks a lot, man, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here, guys. It's, uh, it's good to catch up and uh, good to get to talk a little restoration with everybody. That's awesome. For sure. Jordan, um, you know, we've already, of course, said who you are, kind of where you yeah. are located here. Is that is Nashville home originally? Like where where where's birthplace? No, uh, born and raised in South Carolina. So near Greenville, small, small town called Clinton. If there are any Clinton uh, Clintonites out there. Probably not many, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, in Clinton and uh, uh, after college moved to a small, another small town, but a little larger, little step up called Greenwood and lived there for the first uh, man, like six years of my wife and I's marriage and uh, then moved to moved to the Nashville area. We live in Franklin, uh, so just south of Nashville about six years ago. So we've been here for for going on six years. That's awesome. How did, um, how did you, what, what took you from Clinton all the way to uh, Nashville or I, I should say Greenwood to Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. yeah job. Uh, I took a job at a place called Ramsey solutions guy named Dave Ramsey. Uh, I was a creative director there for, um, for also about six years before uh, hopping out on my own and starting my own uh, little creative studio called Walton, which I'm about six or seven months into now. So that's awesome. And what, what does Walton cover specifically? Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, we we market ourselves. I say we, I, uh, it's, I. I'm a solopreneur right now, so I've got some contractors that help me out with things, and obviously I partner with people on projects. But um, full service creative studio, but really we kind of lean into design, photo, and video, um, and definitely more of an ad agency than I would say a marketing agency. Um, there's a couple of marketing agencies that we partner with to fulfill work and uh, do some shots, some shoots and things like that. But uh, we're really more of a creative studio ad agency, um, you know, working to um, do creative strategy and then execute on whatever deliverables come from that. Well, I know we've got, we've definitely got some creatives as part of Restoration Club, and I'm sure listening to this too, but I want to assume we've also got some entrepreneurs out there from starting your own thing, is there 
any surprises you've seen already that you weren't expecting? Or is oh, that a man. loaded question? Yeah, we could probably do a whole separate podcast about <laughs> that. Um, you know, I would say the biggest thing that I'm learning, like uh, going into it, uh, I definitely had imposter syndrome as am I good enough as a creative to actually be out on my own and get jobs and add the value I need to add in order to get more jobs, you know, and, uh, and I, one thing I'm, I really am starting to learn is it is 90% who, you know, and convincing them that you can deliver the value that they're looking for and then delivering that value and preferably exceeding their expectations. And if you do that, they're going to introduce you to somebody else, or they are going to give you another job, or, you know, they're going to want to do a long-term partnership and, and so that's been the biggest thing I've learned over the last uh, over the last few months. And, you know, really it, uh, kind of the theme of what we're talking about here, relationships, just like in your personal life, to me, it's the same way in business. It is, uh, you know, being uh, operating with integrity and being kind and being willing to to have the conversations that you need to have good or bad. Um, and uh, and a lot of fruit can come from that. And so that's been the biggest surprise for me is just, hey, like. I can't, I really can't tell you one single client that reached out to me and said, Hey, I saw your website and really would love to do some work. It's all been, Hey, I met somebody that said I should talk to you about doing a job for me. And that, that seems to be a, a common theme so far for me. That's awesome. I, um, I work in the nonprofit space and one of our taglines for organizations that we, we are building better lives through extraordinary relationships. And that is really, really like, even, even that piece, like you're talking about, like um, not just connecting with people. Like I think our world loves the network, but mm -hmm. really there's a deep connection that allows people to know really who you are, what Walton really is, what it's really about. And then that just spreads like wildfire fire. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I tell clients like my goal when I start talking to you is that we are building a relationship with one another, whether that you know, evolves into us doing a lot of work together or not is, is secondary. Um, but, you know, we know if we can add each other, add value to each other as humans, if we can be great with one another and help each other out, then, then a lot of good is going to come from that. And that's really a, partly where the name Walton comes from. It's a family name. My grandfather was a pastor and a carpenter and just believed in doing unbelievably high quality work for anyone that he got the opportunity to do work for. And that served him his entire life until he passed away in December. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's my way of kind of like taking that legacy and saying like, Hey, I want to continue doing what he did and, and uh, you know, take it into to my generation and, and show my kids what that looks like. Legacy. Man, to have your, your grandfather all the way up until, this past December, certainly sorry for your loss, but it's amazing to, to have a grandfather so yeah. deep into your own life. I mean, could you even touch on kind of what he meant to you? And obviously it impacted you kind of starting something on your own too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, certainly a blessing to have him around as long as, as long as I did, he was a, you know, man, over a 10 year cancer survivor. He was a veteran. He was, he, he kind of, he did all the things he lived a full and, and, uh, and fulfilling life. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that I made the jump out of, uh, you know, corporate world into entrepreneurship when I did is because when my, my grandfather worked in a mill for 49 years, uh, and did, you know, his carpentry work on the side and, 
was a music pastor on the side and he did all these things on the side. And when he retired, he just started doing those things full time. And, and I could always see that he, you know, he, he, I don't think he would ever say this um, because he loved his time in the mill, but I can only imagine what, uh, what it would have been like if he would have gotten to do those two passions of his full time versus having to fit work into that, you know? And so for me, I was like, man, like, what better time than now to jump out and try to make a career out of the things I'm passionate about. And, you know, if I have to fall back into something or get a job somewhere else, like, then that's what will happen. But at some point you just got to make the jump and decide that, Hey, I'm going to try this. And so I, I almost feel like I'm in a sense, like uh, taking that step that he took later in life. I'm just taking it much earlier and getting to experience that fulfillment that he felt the last 30 years of his life working um, a little bit earlier. And so I'm thankful for that and thankful for whether he realized it or not, you know, the lesson he taught me and, uh, and kind of living life the way he did. I love it. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can be him and you when I grew up at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you've got a good, you, you, you're doing just fine, Dan. Yeah, you're okay. You're okay <laughs> yeah. <Come> yeah. <laughs> well, you talk about, you talk about, you know, leaning into passion points and trying to jump out and really do something with that now. Um, I'm only going to say it only because I know, but I, you know, I know you have the ability and opportunity to, to work in the golf space some and what you're doing now, but to kind of segue us, can you take us back to kind of your introduction to the game where it mm -hmm. kind of struck a chord with you and, and where you started investing in it? Um, you know, what, what age and, and how you've kind of grown in it to now? Yeah. So, uh, I grew up, uh, like I said, in a really small town and my dad used to take me, uh, the company he used to work for had a little par three course that was three holes in front of their plant. And it was crabgrass and the greens were just shorter crabgrass, right? It was like, it was, it was a, uh, it was just a place to go and swing a golf club and, and, and hit a golf ball. And so I remember on Sunday afternoons, we would go make that loop over and over and over again. And then as I got a little older and started playing golf competitively, we joined a country club in town and, so I started playing there every Saturday morning, me, my dad, and my brother. And, uh, and he was introduced to the game by his father. And so it was just something that always meant a lot to us. Um, and so we, uh, we you know, I, I just grew up playing it both as a hobby and competitively until, until I got to college. And, um, you know, college is, was an interesting time for me, which, again, another topic for another day. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of fell out of playing a lot until my wife and I got married, uh, which is fresh out of college. We were both 22, 23, and uh, we lived near a golf course in Greenwood. And so I kind of picked up playing a little bit more frequently the first five or six years we were married, um, but always been a huge fan of the game, obviously followed the game as a fan, watching the PGA and all that kind of stuff. And, um but, uh, you know, really, when I, I was playing in Greenwood, I was really enjoying it. And then we moved to Nashville. We had our first kid in Greenwood. But uh, when we moved to Nashville, no family here. And so, you know, you transition from it's hard to be away for four hours at any given time when you're when you're in a new space. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that at some point in time, and especially when you throw kids in. And so we had Harper, who's about to turn eight. And then we had James a couple of years later, who just turned four. And so really for the first like four years living in Nashville, I probably played golf like three times a year. 
I would play when I went home uh, to visit family. I would play when we went to the beach. But as far as like playing locally, um, one, it was way more expensive than I was used to. There just aren't a lot of great public golf courses here um, that are affordable. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, just, just didn't play a ton. And last year, uh, or I guess it was the Christmas before restoration club began Christmas before builders cup. Right. Uh, my wife got me a range finder and she was like, Hey, I want you to start playing golf more. And I was like, all right, nah, you know, oh, you don't have to tell me once. Say no more fam. And, uh, <laughs> And um, so uh, I was like, hey, like I am going to commit to playing more golf this year. And that was 2021, I guess, or 2022. What when? What year is it? 2023 now. Yeah. And, yeah. and so um, uh, we had been to an event at Stream Song before that with Drew Holcomb called The Headliner. And I, uh, you know, that was when I was like, hey, like I really want to start doing this golf thing again a little more. So she got me the range finder and I was like, I'm going to start playing more golf. And then I met Jeff on Instagram and sorry if it's okay to kind of go into the restoration club story and how, and how I got involved. You're doing our work for us. We appreciate it. Um, So I had, I had been talking with Drew about helping out with the headliner event, but he decided he wasn't going to do headliner anymore. And um, you know, I love the idea of, Hey, you get away with a group of friends or with your, with your spouse for the weekend and you play golf during the day and you have something else to do at night. And it's just a good event. It's, it's just a good getaway. Um, but you know, he said he wasn't going to do it anymore. And I was thinking like, man, like the only thing that the headliner was missing was a spiritual aspect. Um, and now I, I will say for Amanda, um, that's my wife, Ellie on Sunday morning did like a kind of like a worship set for the ladies that weren't playing in the tournament. And I think that was the highlight for her trip. And so that's what kind of like made me think of, man, I would love to be involved in something like this. And then I guess it was in January, Danny, you'd probably know the time a little better. Jeff, who I'd been following on social media for a couple of years, just, you know, gawking at his abilities as a creative <laughs> and as a photographer. Um, he, he posted the first Restoration Club, that video that he did. And I was like, I got to know this guy. And so, you know, I reached out to him on Instagram thinking he's not even going to see it. And sure enough, you know, minutes later, he messaged back to me and so we started having a conversation and next thing you know, I was headed to Pinehurst for Builders Cup and, and met you guys. And, and the story is, you know, it is what it is from there. And so it's a crazy turn of events to get me from, from there to, you know, meeting you guys and and having that experience at Pinehurst, which was, you guys talked about in the last podcast, but it was just a a magical weekend. That's awesome. I love the, uh, the the connected piece of uh, like you said fangirling over jeff's abilities yeah um and everybody i feel like everybody saw that video yeah and it all drew us and said that that which is an encouragement uh, i'd imagine to to know that that was the right thing to create and it it caught our attention next thing you know we're all converging on a place Uh, i donated a few more uh shots than you did to tobacco road but uh, i don't know about that Uh, (laughs) it was a a blast nonetheless um When you, when you do, this is really interesting to me when you talk about like your, your, your humble beginnings in that par three in front of a plant in Clinton and then going to different places and then you're in stream song and all that stuff. And then even tobacco road here. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your, with, with restoration club, you were talking about how you were excited for what, like that next level of things could be. What, what piques your interest about restoration club? Yeah. 
Uh, well, for me, like my relationship with golf has always been, um, you know, on one hand, there's this, there's this competitive side that is you against the golf course that is, you have to be disciplined, you know, I, and I think you talked about it, Ryan, in the last podcast, maybe. Um, but, you know, there's almost this relationship with golf that you have to have that in order to like be good at it, or at least in order to like feel like you can take next steps in it, you have to, you have to spend time with it. You have to actually like, uh, you know, get out there and play. You have to swing a golf club. You can't just think about it. And so you have to take action. And so there's this like action that I love about it. Um, but then also I think that there's this community and camaraderie that comes with spending four hours with somebody on a course that, you know, you just don't get in a lot of other places. And uh, maybe it was you, Danny, that said, you know, you can miss a business call and not call back four hours later and and tell them, you know, oh, I was on the golf course and they just understand. It's like, it's just like this unwritten rule yeah. uh, uh, that when you're on a golf course, you have the ability to silo yourself and just be present and be there. And so I think anytime you can get a group of people together and you can put them in a place where it's okay to be present and forget about what's happening in their outside world or open up and talk about what's happening in their outside world, it just creates a special bond that is hard to recreate in other places. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think about those rounds we played in Pinehurst and it was just like, I'm playing rounds of golf at incredible golf courses with people I've never met before and creating moments that I'll never forget. Um, and I think that recreating that over and over again for people, um, it creates those like monumental, those milestone moments in their life where maybe they have a conversation that forces them to like take action on a decision they need to make. Or it reminds them that, hey, I love this game. And in order to love this game and, and do it well, I need to get more disciplined in certain areas of my life. Or I need to like, I just think there's so many life lessons that come from having the game of golf being a part of your life. And so, you know, I think the relational side of it is there. I think the, the, the habit side of it is there. And then obviously I think there's a spiritual component to it because I think anytime you're putting, especially men in a, in a situation where they have to be vulnerable or where they, they are, are getting asked, or they're having conversations that maybe they aren't, they don't feel free enough to have in other places, yeah. whether they want it or not there's like this God thing happening that eventually they're going to connect the dots of, and then faith gets involved. And so I just think all of that wrapped together makes uh, something like what happened at builders event special builders cup special, but the, the ability to like recreate that for restoration club over and over again, really excites me. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's pinnacle right there. That's exactly where we it's, it's table setting, right? You sit in yeah. a car, you're sitting across from each other, having this conversation, you're walking along, hitting shots here and there. And you yeah. mentioned the spiritual aspect of golf. And one of those things I always harken back to is golf is completely like man-made, mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel man-made when you're out there. You feel like right. the Lord rolled some hills yeah. out, or you feel like sand appeared and you forget sometimes because it's you're just caught up in the awe of raised greens and streams mm -hmm. running this side and those types of things really like you said, create a spiritual aspect uh, that that opens up and creates a more inviting conversation, open area. Um, yeah. I think that's really awesome. And I can't think of another place, uh, you know, outside of obviously when I'm on a date night with my wife, 
or, uh, you know, trying to spend intentional time where my kids, where I don't, where I'm not multitasking, yep. where I'm just doing one thing. And so like on a golf course, you're just, you're there playing golf and that involves having conversations and hitting golf shots. And if you're trying to do other things, you end up not having a good time or it feels rushed. And so I think it forces you to not multitask. Um, and I think that's another, that, that is one of those, like it, the way it slows me down is different than anything else probably that I have in my life. And, um, so that's where, like, I think some of the spiritual aspect comes in. It's like, you know, the, the Lord speaks to you in quiet places and he speaks to you when, when you're aren't, when you aren't distracted by other things. And, and that's something that, that golf, uh, creates for me for sure. That's I think it's awesome. such a good point. Cause I feel like when I'm on the course too, I'm of the same mindset. And I think if we're, you know, kidding ourselves when we're off the golf course, a lot of those distractions or multitasking is self-induced. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, It's not that we just have a lot of life happening. It's that we, we choose those things. So right. to your point, when you get on the golf course, you have to be that much more intentional, but yeah. I, I completely agree with you from the, the conversational aspect. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there are a lot of guys who desire deeper relationships and community and having real conversation, but that's not everybody's nature. It's not natural to everyone. So I think the hope is that, you know, guys who are, are doing this now in Restoration Club are, are taking the step to initiate those conversations to, to kind of break down those walls and create a space where guys feel like they can really kind of come together. Um, but at the same time, I was going to say, don't, don't hear what we're not saying. We're not claiming uh, this is easy by any stretch. Yeah, nah, we're, we're three guys trying to, you know, lead three families and enjoy the game when we can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like I've been telling myself recently, this is a, a daily thing. It's not a, you know, every once in a while thing. You know, my, my hope is I could spend even more time on the golf course, but as yeah. guys, just in general, you know, I keep telling myself, this is a, a daily thing. And if we can create that community with guys and, and be able to still enjoy the game, um, man, I'm excited to see, you know, what those relationships are going to look like a, a year from now or even further. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe even as this keeps growing, right, as Restoration Club uh, morphs and becomes even more, these events pop in. That's where we start including family, right? It's not just an mm -hmm. exclusive, I'm, gonna, I'm just a getaway, but it's something like you said, uh, Jordan, Amanda had a chance to connect in something for herself, too. Mm -hmm. And it's not just uh, only that my wife, Reem, would... I mean, she would probably go crazy sitting in a golf cart with me for that long. She's like, what am I doing here? And yeah. But she would eat up a spa or yeah. a, a time. Yeah. But the main thing she would love more than anything else, and I think I would love just as much, is us being able to come back together and yeah. share the story of the day and share the yeah. the things that happened and the way that we saw God work in those spaces. I, I think that's a really cool opportunity we have coming down the pike as we build this thing out. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And so with that, that gives us a little segue because we're talking about like the ideas and the memories and the things we have. Um, what's a favorite memory of yours um, from the golf course that doesn't involve a golf club? Yeah, I've been thinking about this question since you sent it over, um, you know, and I, uh, you know, there's a lot. I, I think in the last episode, you mentioned that back porch at Tobacco uh, you know, that moment of just all coming together was really cool. Um, hanging out at the, at the church or the, you know, the, what the formal, the former church <laughs> that, uh, you know, in those evenings was really, really cool. And uh, for me, I think, uh, 
so golf has become for me as as much as it is like a passionate game that I play it's also a part of my vocation now and so I find myself on a golf course with a camera and unfortunately it's not the right word but for lack of a better term more often than I do a golf club it seems like in certain seasons and so this past December I had the opportunity to uh, be out at Pebble documenting uh, an event out there for for another organization and I spent like five hours standing on seven tee box, just taking photos and videos of groups as they came in and uh, getting to watch some of these guys like experience number seven at Pebble for the first time. Uh, you know, like some of them, this was a Mecca of a trip, like yeah. number seven at Pebble is like probably a top five hole, you know, for a lot of us golfers like, yeah. and to get them to get to see them experience that hole, uh, you know, as a creative, I just love creating memories and I love capturing memories and like seeing, uh, seeing that emotion, uh, that comes from that. And so getting to watch people experience that all day was like a really, really neat thing. And so, um, you know, that, that's one that stands out to me as, as, uh, as special as getting to see that. That was, that was kind of neat. That's so awesome. you say that was uh, one of your most memorable without a golf club, but tell me, did you, did you put a golf club in your hand standing on the 70 at some point? Yeah, I hit a few shots for there sure. There we go. So, uh, there we go. That's what we need yeah. to do. <laughs> M- missed a couple greens and hit a couple greens, you know, so I, I would, uh, about halfway through the round, I'd, I'd been with these guys. Um, it was about 120 guys. It was a pretty, pretty large event. And so I had met a lot of these guys over the last few days. And so the ones that I was comfortable with, I'd be like, Hey, the tip for the cameraman is to let me hit your hit, hit a nice. golf shot, you know, so bring an extra ball for me and they let me hit some shots. And so it was, it was fun. Yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. Well yeah. deserved. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that ends our, um, our time at least in terms of questions for you, Jordan, we don't want to, we don't want to rob from your family and uh, we've all got life happening in, in, the, in the sense of it, but uh, it's been an absolute honor to hear the, uh, the journey for you uh, for not only golf, but your professional career. I remember, man, I feel like when I first met you, you were just on the verge of getting ready to step out. Like, so if I yeah. met you in 22, you were just getting ready to make the leap. Is that right? Yeah. Like we met in February of 22 in March. Like I had this, like a, uh, a very, like uh, very much a, like a God, driven leaning experience Mm. uh like a couple of weeks after we got back from the trip and then in september is when i went out on my own and so it was uh yeah then i was getting ready to go through a lot of life change when we met back in back in february so it's been a wild not even year or well i guess just at a year now yeah that's amazing that's amazing to see it all play out and how uh the possibilities of what we're building here uh, with the idea of uh, restoration for the individual, for the group, for the community, for whatever it is that we have this opportunity now with our stories and with our connections to really uh, see this world restored to a a better place. Uh, We get to have an opportunity to do those things. So we appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and thank you guys for kind of getting this started. I know this has been, like you said, we've all had a lot of life happen in the last year. And so this you guys doing this has been a topic of conversation, maybe not your guy's name on it, but us doing it as restoration club. And so see you guys run with it and and start putting stuff out there. Just really thankful that you 
wanted to carve that into your schedule. And um, I'm excited for, you know, the people that are going to get to hear it and get in, get plugged in with, with Restoration Club through it. So uh, thanks for your investment as well. I think it's, uh, you know, going to go a long way and going to be a lot of fun to listen to. So. All right, everybody. Well, that was Jordan Green on episode two. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, make sure you're following us. You can go to our website, restorationclub.co. You can find us on Instagram, restoration underscore club. Uh, keep an eye out for the newsletters. If you're not already on those, definitely send in your email address. Uh, but but just stay tuned. We're excited for episode three uh, and, and hope to bring you more episodes soon. So keep swinging. Keep swinging.